Welcome to Lessons for Leaders. This week I'm talking to you about reducing the stress of returning to the workplace. I'm already talking to people where their leaders are wanting people back to the office now, soon and quickly. And yet individuals are asking me about tips on how they can cope with this return to the office and they recognise that their stress levels are already rising at the thought of it. So today I'm sharing with you some of the questions to consider as well as the key ways to help your people with this return in a smooth and stress-free way which keeps engagement and productivity high. I hope you find this really helpful but get in touch if you want some personalised support. So welcome to Lessons for Leaders. Each week I bring you lessons, learnings, tips and advice to enable you to lead with ease in business without the stressed out and overwhelm so that I help you increase your performance, be resilient and thrive in life. I'm Emma Langton, your host, leadership coach and workplace trainer, helping you and your workforce increase that performance, improve well-being and make the impact that you want in the world. Now, recently, I've been working with organisations and individual leaders and managers to help them to be able to become more focused, less stressed and have a wider impact on both their personal well-being and that of their teams. You know, I worked with Kate, who's a director, and she said I enlisted Emma's help as I was stressed, overwhelmed and struggling with my own work-life balance. I felt like I was constantly firefighting and both home and work life were suffering as a result. Emma's one-to-one coaching program was a breath of fresh air and clarity. No unrealistic goal setting, just simple, straight-talking advice that made sense. Emma has armed me with tools and techniques to focus, work more effectively, prioritise and let go of the crap. It's always good to let go of the crap, isn't it? So if you want this for your teams or for you as an individual or for your managers and leaders, because they have been dealing with such a lot over this last year, then please do get in touch with me. I'm happy to talk to you about what the different options are and what we can put in place to support your individuals and your teams. If you're not ready to do that yet, then you can get onto my newsletter. Again, link in the show notes and information on my website at emmalankton.com. The newsletter sends out tips, information, statistics, the latest reports and the current organisational trends that are happening right now so that you don't have to dig around for it. It comes out monthly so you can guarantee that I won't be spamming you. And finally, a request from me that if you haven't hit the subscribe button or left a review for me, then please do go and find the little button and leave a review. Let me know your key thoughts and your takeaways and what you value most from the podcast. If you hit subscribe, it makes sure that you never miss another episode. So welcome back, listeners. This week, I'm talking about the return to the office even though it's straight after Easter and many places are not open until the 12th of April with like places like hairdressers and 
some of the other shops and things I'm already getting people getting in touch with me because their bosses their CEOs their directors and leaders are saying to them get people back in the office get everybody back in now and it's causing a bit of a problem it's raising stress and anxiety levels so I have switched up the program a little bit for Stress Awareness Month so that I can fit in a episode today with some things to consider and the advice that you will want to take into account, hopefully, to be able to help support your workforce and make that transition back to the office as smooth as possible and really to meet everybody's needs, whether that's your workforce or your leaders and directors. Okay, so firstly, I know sometimes the people that I speak to are HR and uh, leaders and managers, but they don't always have the ability to make the final decision on everything. So it's worth taking that time to have conversations to decide on the purpose, on the reason that you need people back in the office. And I also appreciate that sometimes you don't have that, that it is people's just saying, I just want everybody back, okay? But looking at the purpose, the desired outcomes that you want from people being back in the office and the needs, because there are lots of people that who are anxious about returning to the office and even just going back out and about generally in everyday life. So there's going to be work that you need to do there to support them. Because remember, as I mentioned in all the other episodes, when people are stressed, when people are anxious, it's going to affect their ability to think straight, to be able to focus really well and to be able to perform at their best. So when you do some work in the workplace to calm that down, it's going to be helpful in the productivity that you get and the engagement that you have. Okay, so... It's worth talking to people about how they have coped, how they are feeling about it. And if you want some help and support on this, you know, I can help you with running focus groups and gathering this information. I know that when I talk to people like this, I already see their eyes rolling as if, and they go, oh God, I'm going to have to deal with all this doom and gloom stuff. You know, with my therapist background as well, I am trained in how to gather even the most negative of information, but not be absorbing it so that you end up feeling washed out and drained from the kind of, so you know, from supporting people with the doom and gloom. And, you know, this podcast is not going to be an entire sales pitch, but I do run workshops and um, coaching sessions to help people with that as well. So please don't worry about that. Focus on the positive outcomes of what it means when you talk to people about how they are and how they have coped. You know, when you take into account that some people have been on furlough and other people maybe have been working the whole time, I've spoken to people about the fact that there is a kind of them and us attitude, that people have more issues about job security, anxieties raised about job security, particularly if you've done redundancies as well. You know, people are asking questions about will they be back for five full days or will it be flexi days and the hybrid working that's been talked about. Will they have their own desk now? Will there be flexi or hot desking types of office space? Will they even have a chair to sit on? Because loads of um, offices just let their people take everything out of the office and use it for working at home. So how do we get all that back in? If there's going to be flexi working, 
Are they bringing the chair with them every day? I know that sounds bonkers, but it's a realistic thought. Um, so, you know, is the office going to be equipped? If it's not equipped now, if it got stripped, as a lot of offices did, what are you doing? How? What's the timelines? What's the availability of stuff like that to be putting things back in? All this needs to be thought about. And honestly, I'm talking to some people who are, it might seem obvious to you, you might be thinking, oh, for goodness sake, Emma, really. But I'm talking to people who are saying, look, my CEO's not even thought about that, but we've got empty offices here. So you, that needs to be positioned, put in a plan, put in a timeline, put in a list of things to consider, questions to be asked, budgets to find even. So what did your director want them to know? What What is it? Why is it that he thinks it's a good thing to get everybody back into the office in whatever is his format? And, you know, take that into account when you're sharing information from him or even if you're getting him to share information on a call, on a video that's going to be um, shared out. I'll come to how you do this in a second. Okay. Think about what people are going to be able to do about lunches, about teas and coffees, refreshments and meals. Don't forget that some of these people will have been at home with their children and schools were not even giving out cutlery and uh, spoons to kids if they forgot a spoon for their yogurt. They weren't giving them out. They were just, no, we can't. We're not touching things. We're not handling things. We're not sharing things. So it's going to raise that awareness to themselves about how they're going to cope on their communal kitchen and refreshments and things. Familiarise people. Ask the questions. Is there going to be, you know, one-way stuff? Is there going to be distancing? Are people going to be needing to wear masks? Is there going to be cleaning required, extra cleaning required? Is there going to be spaces required? Again, schools are doing an awful lot of these things, but have offices taken it into account are you going to make your people aware of what it is are they going to have to sit in a workplace where they have to have the windows open all the time and they're absolutely freezing and they're going to need to you know design new trends for layering up um, with whatever it is that they're wearing it's all worth taking into account i know it might seem like i'm coming up with some wacky and weird ideas but it's worth taking into account all right because lots of people, as I've said, are anxious about just getting out there. In the workshops and webinars that I'm doing, honestly, take my word for it, people are asking these questions. Emma, how do you, uh, what advice do you give about getting back out there? I'm already stressed and worried about, you know, getting back on the buses, going in public transport, being out there where other people are, never mind back in the office. So you need to take that into account because people are already thinking about it. People are already worried about it. Okay. So this next bit is the kind of what you can do in order to calm people down, to give them a sense of what to expect, to give them that cre- that feeling of being in control. And you're embedding knowledge within them, which again, gives them a feeling of control and calms them down. So although it sounds like a lot to do, it's going to be worth it in the long run. So when we don't have information 
or when we have bits of information missing, like come back into the office, but we're not telling you what you're going to do about lunch and we're not telling you about desk space and will you even have a chair. So often what happens is the brain makes up stories and fills in the information based on what we already know and based on past experiences. So if they're going to be doing that, what they already know is they took the chair out of the office, they're not going to have a chair. That they, um, you know, the, the kids at school have not been able to get lunches or that they've not been sitting in places or that you're having to wear masks in supermarkets. So they're going to fill it with those things. So then often the stories that we make up to fill the gaps of information are full of risk and danger and doom and gloom. And that creates anxiety, even anger, frustration and panic. So whatever you do to alleviate those gaps in the information is going to be good for you and good for business. Because people work better when they know what to expect and you take them with you on the journey rather than kind of dragging them behind, okay? So set out what the business plan is. Set out what the director or the CEO wants them to know. Set out the reasons why they want them back in the office. Even if you think they're not going to like it, but set it out in a factual way because it gives them that expectation and they know what to expect. So share the plans. You know, do an all-hands call or record it even so it's available for those people that couldn't make it for whatever reason, maybe if they're part-time or, you know, it, it shift patterns and things like that. Create a written briefing from it or even a shorter video briefing as well. Create things that let people know what to expect. Assess the risk of the stress and anxiety on your people. Remember, some of them have been out of the office or out of the workplace for 12 months. And some of them, if they've been on furlough, they haven't even been working. So they're not going to be as up to speed with what the changes are and how the changes affect them and what it looks like. So if you have one, do a stress risk assessment. And there's ones on the HSE website because you're going to need these. Adaptation in your return plan really needs to be considered for managing the stress and the anxiety, for doing that gradual return to work, for doing hybrid working, for accommodating uh, space and, you know, distancing and things like that. Okay. Encourage all line managers to have one-to-ones and check-ins. They should be doing that now anyway, you know, in the preparation of return to work. And also remember to ask twice when they're asking how they are feeling. If you're a regular listener on my podcast, you know that I say this all the time, ask twice. The first time is that you get that British stiff upper lip response, which is kind of, yeah, yeah, I'm all right, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm all right, so I'm fine, fine, stuff. Ask twice and sit with silence and you get a better answer. You get some more honest responses. Get really curious. So I'm wondering what it is that you're thinking. Do I'm wondering. Tell me more when they just make a bit of a flippant comment, okay? 
and make sure that when you are asking twice and doing listening to the responses that you are actively listening so that really means that you are stopping and listening properly that you're not kind of second guessing on what it is that you're saying next or what it is that you're going to do to respond to what they've said just stop and listen you know all of this stuff is in my mental health awareness for managers workshops helping people to be able to calm down the really stressy ones too And then it enables managers to be able to listen, to deal with the kind of doom and gloom and the stressy offloads and to be able to have the confidence to signpost people really well for the support, depending on what you've got in your organisation and depending what you use for elsewhere too. So helping all of your people, but particularly your managers, to be able to impart the information and the knowledge And put in activities and group calls, you know, and briefings that include all those little bits of information that you may not have thought of is going to help your people to reduce the levels of stress and anxiety and reduce the impact of further mental health issues. Because I don't know if you've seen, but there's a recent study out by Benenden Health And one of the things that they found that they'd done through the pandemic, so it's bang up to date, is that they said that there's a stark difference between what employers think that they are doing and what employees think that they are doing to support mental health. And it also said that more than half employees don't feel that their mental well-being is a priority. So make sure that that's not you being in one of those halves. So helping your managers to be able to help your people reduce the stress levels of stress, anxiety, and mental health issues in turn makes a better workplace practice, better policies, but overall better performance. And that's exactly what you want to be doing to support your people in this return to the workplace. I really hope that you found that helpful. As ever, if you have any questions, please do get in touch with me. I'm always happy to have conversations to point out things that help you or to just brainstorm ideas or even obviously to come in and help deliver some support for your people or for your individual leaders. Let me know if that has been helpful. I would love to hear from you. I'll see you in the next episode. Bye for now.